I would turn around to him and I'd be like, I'll give you a little secret. Pretend you've got a paintbrush shoved up your butt. And then I watch these people come on the dance floor. And that's the biggest thing for me. To watch them then go, oh yeah, I don't need to give a fuck. Hello and welcome to Dance Bands. I'm your host and who am I? Genevieve. And today I'm here with Laura White. Laura grew up in the club scene, enjoying herself as a dance floor party goer. She has since traveled the world training in theater and communications, but is best known as the owner and co-creator of Freedom Sessions, a free party in Sydney for people who just want to dance. Please welcome to the show, Laura White. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The three big questions. Ooh, ooh. First question. What do you reckon? What do I reckon? I reckon Rona is a piece of shit, but however, in light of so many things, I feel like it's a great thing in some ways because it has no disrespect to anyone that's been sick or that has passed away or lost anyone. But I feel like it's kind of bringing to light a lot of great things. There's like creative creativity happening. There's a lot of people like doing a lot of soul searching, maybe some yeah. deep diving into what is important, what yeah. is not important. So it's it's been weird, but great. That's what I yeah. reckon. Great. Have you ever shat yourself? Have, oh, <laughs> I mean... No, I've been close. I have, I mean, I'm like old club head. So there's like things that go with that, with that club scene that you just, sometimes there's no bathroom. Sometimes you need the bathroom quite quickly, but no, I'm going to say it's, it's a no, but it's a, it's a, it's a close. close It's it's a close. (laughs) Are you afraid of dying? I don't think so. I've done a lot of kind of spiritual work stuff <laughs> that's the technical term for it but um I've been doing a lot of I think I've, I've had a lot of death that has surrounded me for a long time like I've seen like getting real deep I've had a lot of death around me so I'm not an expert per se mm. but I have seen a lot of it and I kind of right. understand it and I'm not afraid because I want to see what's on the other side but I don't that's not to say I want to die anytime soon mm-hmm. uh, but- yeah <laughs> They're three big questions, man. They are. They're the ones. I think they're the I think they are the three big questions. Yeah. Pretty comprehensive. That's covered a lot of ground in a small amount of time. The old chicken crimpy. Yeah. I'm in chicken crimpy land. It is early in the morning, but I definitely want to. You want to? The only problem is once you have one, you can't really stop. That's what I mean. They have that. They've got that. Whatever it is in there, crack. They say like, yeah, MSG. Same, same, really. Baked though, they're baked, not fried. (laughs) Does that even? That means you can have as many as you want. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Laura, if you can, real quick, tell us. Who you are, where you're from, what you've done. Little bio. A little bio. Laura Jean White. I have lived in Sydney most of my life. I travelled the world, lived in London, lived in UK. uh, Sorry, lived in New York City, lived in Toronto. I have trained extensively in theatre. So I have trained in New York City with that. I have studied comms and I'm also a mad club head. Uh, I have been clubbing since the age of 16, which I'm not going to tell you how long that's for because that'll give away my age. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's for a very wow, long time. 16. In Australia? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Australia used With to... With a fake ID or... 100%. Right. 
Also, you could get in if you knew the bouncers. If you were kind of a cool little sweet talker, you could get your way right. in. And it was nothing was documented. There was no CC. There was no security footage. Yeah. Really, there was you know like you could do whatever you wanted. Yeah. Back in the day, back in my day, Sydney was one of the dopest places to go out. Like you used to go clubbing, and now you kind of well, pre-COVID, now you just go club. It's like one place. You can't do a plural. Mm. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And so we used to we used to go out. There was a mad place called Gas Nightclub, and it was just for everyone. But like it, it was so much stuff. Like you could just turn up on at two two a.m. if you wanted to and get in. Like that seems so weird to say now yeah. about Sydney because it doesn't well, exist. Just before the virus, they cancelled those laws. Right? They did. They did. Which was. Uh, from Keep Sydney Open, fighting super hard, which I was a part of for a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah, And it was a really great thing to be a part of and I really enjoyed working with them. I met some great people and they're all just – it's not that they were all massive club heads and – druggies and and drinkers no way man. they just want everyone yeah. artists people just everyone my age right and like they what's, get it i want to go out and have a tea at like 2 a.m if i'm still mm. out i don't necessarily want to go have a beer what if yeah. i want to like go and you know defrag with my friends after the club and sit down and have a tea yeah you, know, you can't even do that so that was always my mm. power to the people to try and have just civil civil liberties restored right what happened you do you think like why did the club scene die there was a lot of drugs uh and i think that australia is super conservative we're really we think we're liberal and we think we're like super free i mean not liberal as in scomo because that's not what i'm talking about um but we think that we're super chilled and relaxed and like surf culture and it's like well we're actually not like there's much more of a multicultural Mm. diverse range and we are beautiful in that sense but in other senses we're super conservative and kind of you know a little bit behind a little bit old school Mm. and I think that I think that really really affected our partying habits and a few people look unfortunately a few people pushed the limits there was fights going on I'm going to go straight in the thing is is that we don't know how to teach people in Australia how to understand alcohol we have right. a mad problem with alcohol. Yeah. And it's a rite of passage. Don't get me wrong, I don't hate alcohol, mm-hmm. but I think we don't I think we have an unhealthy relationship with it. So there's yeah. a lot of alcohol and violence and things that intertwine. Mm. It's all about this imbalance of the lifestyle, I think. 100%. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about either. But if you look at Europe, kids start drinking at 15 and they're fine by the time they get to my age. Like if you go to Spain, which is where I live for two years, Mm. partying, sex, fun. That's at the heart of the life. Whereas here it's like those are things that are hidden and until the last minute and you get to blow it all at once in a big music festival, take all the drugs in the world and then go back to your work. And your job. And pretend like it didn't happen. Yeah. Because you can't talk about it. Yeah. yeah. That's that's the big thing. That's I think that you've hit the nail on the head. Like in Spain, it's within their culture to be open about sex mm. and be open. Not And it's not so toxic masculine of like having to, don't get me wrong, it exists everywhere, but not to beat their chests and have to prove anything. It's just yeah. like I'm open, I'm flowing, like whatever happens will happen. And they also don't cut people off at a certain time like we have here so everyone 
feels like they have to drink at a certain age, like at a certain time and like get it all in. There's these conservative rules that Sydney, well, Australia, like once you hit a certain age, you're supposed to have kids, you're supposed to do all these things, you're supposed to own a house, but mm. you can still go out and have fun. Yeah. Like I don't what the fuck's wrong with that? From. So if it is drugs, do you think drugs are made illegal because they lead to spiritual enlightenment and an upheaval yes. of the status quo? Yeah. I think that it's Australia has wants to control things and the drugs are a lack of control. But because we don't educate people on the fact about drugs, I think that there's people that are scared about them and they see that they see just the bad side of things. And yes, there's addictive personalities and a yes, there's awful things that drugs have done. I'm not like condoning them. Mm. But I do think that sometimes they can open things up in our minds that we yeah. may not have accessed before. 100%. I don't, what I don't get is that they make it seem like there's this limitation on drugs, but you go to a music festival and every cat's on drugs. Every single person. To the point of now, especially with the strip searching of all the kids like with the pill test without having pill testing these kids are seeing like police and just dumping everything straight away and Mm. it's like unsafe it's unsafe so instead of doing it in a safe manner it's becoming a problematic and well yeah never really understood how that they can still be illegal but still have pill testing tests Look, it's kind of, I think it's just trying to, they know that there's always going to be drugs and they know that these festivals are always going to bring it. Kids are going to always try and bring that in. Um, And it's, I don't think drugs are ever going away. I think with the pill testing, it's just to see if there's bad shit in them Mm. and to go, okay, this has got this, this and this and this in it. This is at your risk of your own health. If you're going to take it, you're going to take it, but also know what you're taking. You never know what you're going to get. Right. So in the tent, though, would it be like a policeman being like, okay, this drug's good. No. You're good to go. No. It's like members of the community and who are part of different mm. pill testing groups. Right. Who are kind of impartial. Did we even get to the end of your bio yet? I don't, I don't know. know how we got into that. <laughs> we just went on a full tangent. Like Lack of control first. as a host. I think that was kind of it. Oh, and oh, well. I do, and I put on parties. I put on freedom sessions. So I've been an old club head. That's how we got into it. Yeah. When I met you, you introduced yourself as a connector. Is that right? 100%. That's, mm. that's what that is. If you were to pigeonhole, which I fucking hate, but if you were to pigeonhole things, I'm kind of like, I like to put myself as a connector and a challenger. Mm-hmm. So I'm not necessarily, I'm like 100% supportive of all my friends and all the, like the scene and communities and dipping into other communities and, and seeing like push, helping people go where they can go. Like a lot of people will say that I ride on coattails if they don't know me, if they're a bit uh-huh. scared of their own ego. But I just want to see Australia be as powerful as the rest of the world. Do you know what I mean? In the fact of being open and emotive and vulnerable and successful. Like a lot of dancers leave Australia because there's Mm. a ceiling that they hit and they feel like they can't do what they want to do here. Yeah. So Connector, yes. And I and Mm. Connector is like on the dance floor. That's my favorite place. Uh So yeah. Cool. That's exactly why we're here. And these are the issues that I want to (laughs) solve. One person at a time. I think there's no reason why dance can't be huge here. It could be fucking massive. The problem, like for me, 
I put on a free dance party, which you know, it's all free. Uh, I like freedom sessions. Freedom sessions. It's a free space to be whatever the fuck you want to be, whatever the hell you want to do. And it's like, you don't have to be a dancer. You don't have to be like, I have a lot of people who come in and they're like, but I can't dance. I'm like, yeah, you can dance. Will, who also does freedom sessions, who's now in Brisbane is like, if you can walk, you can dance. Mm. You know, I think that if that's the kind of, so it's all free. It's all, and I mean, it doesn't cost anything to anyone. And it's just about connecting on a dance floor and just, we've been, yeah. And just being loose. I've only been once and now I want to go back every time. Is there, I guess you can't have them at the moment. No, can't do anything. It only holds 70 people. And the reason I do that, I think we do it there, is because one, Nigel from Hustle and Flow is an absolute dude. Two, it's on a real, it's like, you know, it's in Redfern. So it's right in the center of a great community. Mm. Uh, it's easy to get to. And it's so nice if you have dancers in your face to face with them and that's the whole point that you're like Mm. no matter what dancer or what person's next to you you're level yes you know okay so you're not technically a trained dancer no how'd you end up getting into interested into dancing I guess let's okay if you want to go way back my mum is massive music head so when she was pregnant with me she still have the big old 80s headphones on the mm-hmm. womb kind of thing. Nice. And I felt like I came out dancing. Do you know what I mean? She's a she loves dancing and she loves my whole family's their their thing would be, well, we're Irish and Scottish, so there's a lot of alcohol, but there would always be some kind of party and it would always be like dancing and moving around and listening to music and having this like vulnerability of allowing a song to take you away, like the emotions. And then I always love all different types of music but then dance music came along and when I was about 16 I was like this is fucking crazy I'm in and I just was like going clubbing going out I have always danced around the house and done things I never I've done bits and pieces of classes but me going back to being a challenger I find it really hard to do curry or anything in a classroom I was always a bit like don't tell me what the fuck to do challenging authority in that kind of way and I just always wanted to emote and do weird shit on my own I started doing theater and performance-based theater and I started doing like I love like Stanislavski and all this like movement stuff like Laban and really got into it and I loved the tripped outness of it like being like how do you feel do this and how what does Mm -hmm. a tree look like when it's growing and you know (laughs) super tripped out shit that went with my warped brain yeah and I was like just going in with it and so now even when I'm on a dance floor I feel like that theater stuff is more my expressionism than Uh dance but I just move do that in time right (laughs) well that's the it's the same thing right I just sometimes I wish I had better moves to be able to fully express. Right. Well, this is what we were going to talk about, yeah. right? So, because we've talked about it, we've mm. talked about being free and how trained dancers have a problem with expressing themselves fully, and how there's club heads like myself who can express but wish they knew more moves. I feel like in both realms, it's like I don't know how I look and I want to, and being a classically trained dancer. I feel like mm. you sat, were saying that you know how certain things need to look. Mm. So not hitting those marks is a big mind fuck for you. Like, yeah. And then so being free in a way takes away everything that you've trained from. Mm. So how do, you, how do you feel about that? 
Mm. How do I feel? There is a certain mindset that develops from the second you start as a four-year-old of the ballet etiquette is really specific and it's all based on respect and silence and obedience and perfect form, right? That's what the whole thing is, how you look and the shapes you make, which is great. And I learned so much from it. And that's how I ended up here anyway. But um, do you feel like it boxed? Do you feel like, I mean, because you're quite expressive anyway. I see you on Instagram and when you're at Freedom Sessions, like I see, I don't see you being trapped by those things, but I know mentally it still exists. Yeah, that is how I would put it. I'd say over the past five years, I've been in a deep and consistent study in an attempt to get rid of that. Yeah. And it's changed a lot. And I have to say like the biggest thing for me was learning Gaga technique. Ohad Naharan, he's a Israeli choreographer. Um, He has a dance company called Batsheva. And he has his own improvisational movement technique. You'd love it. It's called, he calls it Gaga. And um, that was the first time I was in a setting where I didn't have mirrors. It works like there's an instructor in the center of the room and everyone's spread around and you don't copy them. They give you mental imagery and a reference. And then you just go on this 90 minute wave. Yeah. Yeah, so that's where I started my like freestyle. And the other thing as well, blindfold improv with Dean Walsh. Shout outs to Dean Walsh at Sydney Dance Company. Learning to improvise with your eyes off was the only way I could do it. Because I would try and freestyle. And this is, I'm always talking about this. I think freestyling is the most important skill and it is a skill and it's a tool to teach kids when you when they dance because in the end it's all you're ever going to have 100 a lot of ballet dancers just stop dancing altogether when they finish their career because they're like well if i can't go to class and be with my company then i don't know what to do Hmm. because they're really afraid of the movement and the improv yeah and the perfection mind is the antithesis to freestyle because freestyle is everything at once is allowed and there's no rules once there's no limitation it's like how can i be perfect and it just makes you still and how can i um, like mm. move within that like my, one mm. of my favorite things yeah. is like if someone said to me and oh, my friends will know that because i say this a lot if someone says to me dance to the color of autumn yeah i'm like yes ready yes. i yes. can do whatever the yes. fuck you want me to do i'm ready yeah. but if you go if you give me a move to do i'm like i freeze so yeah, I'm in the right. opposite out realm. Yeah. I would totally freeze. I'd be mm. like, ah. Uh, yes. No. My friend and I do something that's very in this realm. We call it horse technique that oh, we've I've established. I've seen this and I have not. I'm like, what the fuck is horse technique? And I see it's it. like the exaggerated extension of that. Amazing. Amazing. Mm, like really ridiculous prompts and stuff. That is, that's the stuff that needs to be, I think that we're so regimented with dance classes and I think that's why I bolted at them and I hated them so much because mm. the, the, I don't like rules. So mm. for me, like I would always, I would wish there was more freedom to do that expression stuff. And if my teachers had yeah. done that, I would have been in a different realm. But at the same time, I'm in the theatre world, like so I kind of love that side of it anyway. So. Yeah, I feel like when you go to a popping class, freestyling is part of the learning process yes there's definitely the street scene in australia is growing and it's so beautiful to see and i really do think that people within the dance community need to support all the little communities yeah to make yeah. it one big one that's how we'll be stronger 
And that includes parties and people and like mm, just people who want to yeah. take classes for fun. But there's something about if you don't, if you just do studio work in the street scene, and I know this is a bane of contention, but and I'm not a dancer in that realm, but if you just do studio work, does it then defeat the purpose of street? Yeah. I just big I, question. I, I want to know because yeah, I learned all my stuff communicating with people on a dance floor mm. and just doing weird shit and like mind melding with them on a dance floor, listening to a song and tripping balls. Like I loved uh-huh. that stuff. So if you're only in the studio, do you get the full thing of street? Mm. I'm not real. I could I could say my opinions, but also I I'm not on both sides. I'm only yeah, on one. Right. Do you know? Mm. So I don't know. What do you What do you think? Like if you if you I don't know either. I'm very <gasps> not so on the side of either. I don't. But I'm sure that's certainly the word on the street mm. from some of these dope dancers who battle. Is like if you're teaching the shit and you're not battling, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then like it's mm. like I think there's so many things that that you should be battle. Like you could be battling. Don't shoot on yourself. I, I hate the word mm. should, but you could be battling. You could be in studios and you could be at the parties. I feel like it's yeah. a three-prong approach. Yeah, you could be watching the battles. Yeah. And like it's not necessarily always battling. Mm. Like it's not, it not it's not always necessarily a performative thing yeah. as much as I love. I love ciphers. Ciphers are amazing when they expand and contract. Not just when they expand and they're there. Like the biggest... This is also going to be, you know, but the biggest pet hate of mine on a dance floor is when people come on my fucking dance floor and they default to a circle straight away. I was like, no, 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 please form a circle if someone is going off and like let people jump in and talk and communicate. Dope. But like if there's no one jumping in, Mm. then there's just a massive circle. That's a waste of a dance floor. Well, that's cypher life, man. Ooh. This was a huge thing for me and one, maybe one day Frankie J will come back and he can be on the show come and back, I'll explain Frankie. it to him. But <laughs> I that week that ended on Freedom Sessions yeah. just changed my life yeah. completely. I think Frankie changes people's lives just by being in it. Like that man is just a beautiful human. Yeah, holy cow. I'm still processing, processing that whole week. Everything that it changed in my brain especially because he came from a contemporary background as well. Yeah. He like really was speaking my language. <laughs> and he did the thing where he got us into mini ciphers. Yes. So that we would get comfortable with that. And then it broke the mindset of like, why is it any different to be in a full circle? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I loved that about that because it could you could jump in and be in the si- the circle and it never he's like you're not allowed to let it end. Mm. So people always had to keep jumping in and just yeah. and so there was a constant communication. Yeah. Because and you felt it even in those if there was no communication there was the circle falls flat. Yeah. And there's yeah. and what's the point of a circle if there's no one in there? Yeah, exactly. You know? And it was and it became less about who's in the middle of the circle and like all of us. And like doing I the dance. I feel like that ex- that experiment also I saw for me what I see in New York. You know, I see all these people loving each other, wanting to like egg each other on and being like, mm. yeah, instead of watching and being perf- like someone going off. Mm. It was a communication. It was like, "Oh my god, that's dope. Yeah. I want to jump in and like respond and 
That was the fun part about that as well. It's like there's so much space to then connect with someone and be closer to someone mm. if you're not in a circle. Yeah. It kind of yeah. takes it away. Like I'm not going to lie, I've taken drugs and they've I've always been responsible and mm-hmm. I've always and it scared me a little, but I everything makes you who you are, right? And I I, I did some stupid shit, I'm not going to lie. And everyone does stupid shit. But some of the experiences that I had in Sydney on that stuff changed my life. Mm. It changed my life and it made me connect with so many humans. I don't, I don't take them now at all, if at all. Like I don't – and I mean there's nowhere, to, there's nowhere to go partying anyway. But I don't know. It was a different time and it was mm. where there was like you could hug each other still <laughs> but you could also be out and, and now mm. it feels like we're trapped in Footloose. Like it's yeah. like Gladys Berejiklian wrote the script. Ha! <laughs> you know yeah what can we do as dancers in the scene and other people just people but yeah what can we do to like try and build that back up i think it's supporting support is the biggest thing like support your local parties like there's so many times where people would pay to go to events that were shit and i'm like there's so many parties i know that are for free there's right. so many parties yeah. start your own events start your own parties The biggest thing is inclusivity, I think. Like have people from different communities. If people don't know how to dance or but want to be there, like include them. There's a very – as much as we try not to, there is an exclusivity to dancers and people who don't dance. Mm. Like I have this – we have this thing at – like a few people have come up to me at Freedom Sessions and been like, I can't dance. I want to be in there and I want to enjoy myself but I'm not drunk enough. Right, yeah. I'm like, okay. And I've never felt like that because I've always been a tripper dancing mm. around in my own little world. And it's taken, but it's taken me a long time to then dance freely in front of people who are classically trained. Mm. Cause before I was just with club heads yeah. who w- never would say anything. And it's my, mm. me my, judging myself. Yeah, exactly. But we used to do this thing where would people would come in and say, Hey, I can't dance. I want to dance, but I just, I don't know, I'm not good enough to be dancing with you guys on a dance floor. And that, like, would break my heart. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would turn around to him and I'd be like, I'll give you a little secret. Pretend you've got a paintbrush shoved up your butt <laughs> and then paint your name. And, like, you watch them. I, I was like, doesn't matter how you do it. <laughs> and you watch their face kind of go and the smile that comes <laughs> over because they're moving Ooh. their ass in a totally different way and they're out of their head like right you're doing yeah, it right now yeah. Like, yeah and you can and then I was like so then if that doesn't work for you start extending it through your body like paint your name with your hands while you're doing it if you like hands more or paint it with your you know yeah this <laughs> however is the you want to do I'm it about, yeah and then I watch these people come on the dance floor and that's the biggest thing for me to watch them then go oh yeah I don't need to give a fuck mm. nice dream yeah cool okay so another vague statement not a question kind of a question being female I feel like you've got lots of things to say about this go on what makes you think that (laughs) (laughs) um I think it's a superpower don't get me wrong I love I think that if a male is in touch with their femininity it becomes such a beautiful thing like if we were to personify Australia, I feel like it would be a vapid teenager who is like only cares about looks and is like an influencer on Instagram. 
Do you know what I mean? Like it's like there's no – I want to make it – There's it's more diverse and multicultural and and there's so many powerful freaking women in this city who I see – don't get forward more, right? I'm, I'm all about, like, I champion everyone, but I will champion my sisters, mm. like, through and through. I yeah. feel like whatever a man can do, a woman can do. And we have so much of a wealth of knowledge. And Australia and a few other places, uh, Western cultures, are the only places that don't have these women as, like, deities, as, like, you know, that, right. that, that they respect. It's, like, it's all like a very mother figure. Mm. And so if you're not the mother then you're kind of like this librarian mother-esque. Then you're like a femme fatale, like whore, slut, demon. And it's like, you know, there's this like, that's the dichotomy of females in here. And I, I it, mm. it, it grinds my gears a little bit. But being a girl, like we have so much, like especially on a dance floor. Like if you, like having this like masculine energy of hip hop and then mixing in this like kind of femininity, it's, it's beautiful to watch. Mm. It's like... Something that's out of this world. Like, okay, prime example. I was at Summer Dance Forever last year, which was amazing. And in the semi, the two finals, right, you had Nene, Nubian Nene and Toyin. And they did this. And so you can watch it online. But this one, like, and it was very, it was beautiful. Like there was like masculine and feminine and, but fuck me. Like that, that, cause they're like, they're like, they love each other so much and they're in the same crew and there's so much respect. Like Serene and I were up the back, bawling our eyes out, like crying, like fuck. Cause it was this generosity of space, Mm. you know, this generosity of space of where these two women who respected each other so much battling it out but just were more like here's the platform like rise right. on it <sighs> like I'm getting emotional thinking that's about so it that's so women <sighs> and it's like that's so women do right it was like it's like one side was fire but the women were water it was like this like emotional powerful kind of dream yeah. and I lost my mind. Like I'm, mm. I, and I'm like, that's what I want to see more of. This, yeah. I think, battling is beautiful, but battling is like such like this masculine like thing of like you know, in especially that has to be in some worlds like Crump and everything else. You know, it has to be in that street scene. But in house, it's so feminine, and it can be so feminine that it is enriching to watch. It is like you have filled me up. Like, and I just, I wanted to, like, and I saw Nene afterwards and I was like, that was the most beautiful thing i ever seen. That's changed my life. And, I, and I've seen, like, a lot of battles and a lot of stuff, but seeing those females, oh, that was powerful. That, mm. was, that was some queen shit, you know? Yeah. And mm. I just I just think that if we give more to the community, like, of there's a lot of older, and I say older by not that old, but, you know, over 30, older women in this scene that we have that are so powerful to this scene in Sydney that if we were to embrace that and also our identity of Indigenous Australia like combined, so allowing us to be more feminine and then this beautiful cultural side like and let it infiltrate our culture more, Australia would be the best place. Like it would have every, I mean, you can say that about anywhere, you know, if they, yeah. 
but having that allowing that vulnerability and that beauty to come through and this beautiful cultural um, indigenous history and allowing them to shine and like being you know how they celebrate the earth and look after the earth those two things yeah that's what we really need isn't it man I would it would be a dream it would be it would be an Mm. absolute dream this went on a mad tangent cool and the biggest thing is is just to be vulnerable like Mm. that is the like it's in the dance world it's in everything and like the vulnerability is seen as weak Mm. but it's to be able to show your strength and in in vulnerability in a way without that being like this weird oxymoron but yeah this was another thing that Frankie J talked about and I have never understood the word vulnerable because it's so like you hear it all the time and it's quite cliched that it didn't have any meaning to me. Yeah. But he talked about it in his workshop and something dropped for me but and I realized what he meant. Yeah. Cause he's like, I feel like he's the walking embodiment of it. So when he talks yeah. about it, you're like, Oh, that's what yeah. you mean. And I felt exactly what it is to be vulnerable in a cipher yeah, in front of other people. How hectic was his classes too? Like they were like – Hectic. But there was so much strength that you needed to have but also Mm. surrender. Yeah, surrender. That's that's huge. Yeah. I was – and I mean me not being from a dance background in that way, Mm. I was like terrified. But also it was just about letting go because there's all ranges of dancers in there. Like you had mm. all, some serious dancers yeah. in there. And they, we were all coming together just mm. dancing in front of each other. Yeah, it's almost a shame that it has to take a person as big a deal as Frankie yeah. to make that happen. Yep. Be- and that's what he was trying to preach. And maybe it's just a shame about the virus. I don't know if anything was going to come out of that. But he, for a second there, it seemed like everyone was believing in the yeah. possibility of His a gospel. community. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was really trying to encourage us. Like, I think he saw it too. He was like, I can see that you guys don't do this often. And this is like a big release for you, kind of. Yeah. And he was trying to say, like, you don't need me to be here. You can keep doing this without me here. Yeah. And we we're all 100%. like, oh. And that, like, that is honestly one of the basis of why Freedom Session started because mm. I was in New York City meeting these beautiful people who are, like, OGs of the scene and listening to, like, some of the most phenomenal, like, music ever. And it was such a beautiful community of people. Like, I would go over there and I went to a club, like, twice, say, twice in that. And then six months later, I came back again and those people all remembered me. And they're like, yo, I remember you from last time. How you doing? And here in Australia, sometimes you're lucky to get a smile. Mm. And you could see those people every night. Yeah. And it's until you talk to them. Yeah. Like there's this weird, I'm not saying, I'm talking very generalistic though, Mm. but it's like being able to have that community where you can let go and just do whatever. Like it's starting, it is starting. Mm. It's maybe slow, but I feel like there's so much happening. And And especially in this dance scene, like in the street dance scene, I feel like the support is the biggest thing. Like turn up to your friends' events, turn up to your friends' performances, shout them out, do whatever. Like, you know, it's just be vulnerable about it. Yeah, that's the thing. I will think I don't want to go to an event because it's going to make me look silly if this event is a failure. 
And then for that reason, I don't go. Yeah. And then the event is a failure yeah. or not. And do you think that then you've played a part in their failure? Exactly. Because totally. It, you know, and then you feel guilty. And then everyone's doing it all together. And then you go into that and is it – or do we just go in with an open mind and go, fuck it, they're my friends. I should be there or like, yeah. I should be supporting my scene or could be supporting mm. my scene and helping them out no matter what. Even if there's yeah. seven people there, how is why is that a failure? Mm. You know, like what is a failure in that respect? Because if surely people coming together and doing something different and supporting each other will never be a failure. Exactly. That all kind of all these words are very true in a world where Instagram doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. And that was my that was I was gonna say, and it's like mm. it's all Instagram worthy. Yeah. It's like everyone balances things on, you know, Instagram and Yeah, no one wants to be seen in their vulnerable state. Oh. Even more so now that you have the opportunity to showcase only your best. Do you feel like uh because I feel like Instagram, you could curate the shit out of it. Mm. So it's like it's like curating your life. And that's fine if you want to curate your life. But I don't think you need to edit the really like spicy bits out of it. Yeah. You know, like, well. Or controversial bits. Because mm. we all have to learn. Yeah. And it's pretty obvious. I think everyone's met a person who's on and popping on the gram whose life in reality is nothing like what you see. Yeah. And going and back to Frankie, that's, that's why he's freaky. so dope. He's got like, yeah, he's like Instagram is his thing. Like he's on Instagram, mm. but it's not his life. And then you meet him and he's actually a decent human as well. <laughs> Even when we had dancers out um, like Capella and Niako. Oh, you had Capella? Yeah. How did you? Fucking when, Capella dude. DJed at Freedom Sessions and he did like a series of um, yeah. workshops 2018. And Capella's like got instagram fame you know and he's a dude he travels everywhere he is so so nice such a nice human and like but the person who links all of that together like and i really think if you want more house and it's just about when parties come back is dj christelle i will Uh not i will swear to you that like that woman is not only a friend but is a wealth of information of all the history of stuff like she's she's in the scene she she Mm. is she she knows a lot of shit I feel like house is conducive to this human, like grounded way of living. Like I feel I have only house dancers love house music. And that is so different to a lot of other dance styles out there. Well, I mean, people and some people get house music confused. I feel like they think it's EDM, but (laughs) don't get me wrong. There's a time and a place, but the, the proper like house music once you're in it and you're on a dance floor and you you know you know the feeling and it is a mm. feeling it's that's why they say it's like a spiritual thing totally it is a fucking spiritual thing that it takes you on a journey same as christelle like christelle yeah. will take you on a journey she's not mm. still going to play a track she's going to take you on a whole yeah, journey man. capella was saying this on one of his insta insta lives he was like everyone's fucking leaving after i teach the class and i'm doing a dj set for you you got to stay for my dj set it's just as important a hundred percent and he Mm. would the reason i met capella is because of christelle like christelle knows a lot of people the reason i met frankie is because of christelle so it's kind of like they would say it's just supporting the dj and supporting the artist as a whole not just their insta live not just their dance style but supporting them as a whole like the music I mean, it's what came first, the music or the dance? Like, yeah. it's, 
you can argue that like the chicken or the egg, you know, in that way, but you ha- you can't have one without the other and you have to support the artist as a whole. And yeah, and he's like, stay- and he set his fire, like Capella can DJ, he, is, it, he knows his shit, of course. He's amazing. I think you'd be a good person to talk to non-dancers out there and maybe give them some of your tips about getting more comfortable because it's easy for me to be like, just do it. And for all of us to be like, <laughs> yeah. you know, the dancers that come on the show and be like, just try it, try it. It's not that simple. It's not. And you know what? I love like with my theatre training, we used to do dance meditation. So it would help us get into character a lot with that stuff. So um, we'd learn how to let go of all of our you know, fears by doing like closing our eyes and doing like this weird dance yeah. med. And I love that. But I would, it, I think that is such a important thing to do as well as dancers because you are performing in a way all the time, but just to get into that body, like I would, man, I would just hold freedom sessions at my house just to have people like a selected few of people just to like party with the lights oh, off and yeah. close their eyes. I love that stuff. And I will always talk, I will always talk to dancers if they want to listen about that stuff because I have been on the dance floors of New York. I have partied in Europe and for me, I'm an old party head. That's all it comes down to. I just want to feel good, have fun and be able to dance in any way. Like last year uh, before I went to Summer Dance Forever, I went to the Bergheim, Mm. which is, you know, in Berlin. It is like my mecca. you got let in. I'm going to let you in. I walked in. With no security guard. Like he just looked at me and went, no line and went, nice. Yeah, I got let in. But I was, Fuck. I don't know how it happened. I don't know what I did, but I went by myself. I turned up and he looked at me up and down and was like, wow, and cool. Inside of me, I screamed like a banshee. And inside and outside, oh. I was like, sick. Man. <laughs> I was, I had one night in Berlin where I was staying on my own in a hostel across the road from the Bergheim and I spent the whole night like this in my bed. Why thinking, did you not go? Should I try and get in on yes. my own? And I was, I freaked out and I was like, nah, they're not going to think I'm cool enough. You're, it's a I totally, doing it. it's terrifying. I'm not going to lie. Even <laughs> me, I was, I was terrified Yeah. because as soon as you walk in there, they grab your phone and they put stickers over the cameras and they're like, nice. no photos. And then they, and then you go in and there's people like, there's like sex on premises, mm. there's drugs, there's people in bondage. It's all kind of shit. Wow. Like, you're like, okay. And within the first five minutes, I was talking to someone at the bar, like having a laugh and that's just how, how they do it over there. And it was just about the music. I met so many cool people that night. I walked out at nine or eight or nine a.m. and just hung yeah. out with some people afterwards. It Sick. was like, oh, and I was by myself. Sick. Barcelona, the clubbing scene is pretty cool. I have to say, like their main club, Razmataz, I don't know what it fucking looks like on the inside. <laughs> And I've been there that many times. <laughs> Isn't it such a beautiful culture over there that you can just be mm. in the club and you can turn up at whatever time you want after yeah. 10, right? So yeah, it's like- and I've left the club at 8 a.m. and been spat on by a man on the street. Why? That was cooked. Because of why? I don't know. I think he <laughs> didn't like what I was wearing or something. That's I'm so pretty rude. sure he was like, whore, and then he spat on me. Oh. And his saliva smelt so disgusting man that is not gonna fly in covid times or pre-covid yeah can you imagine Mm. but so yeah spain is still a little backwards on those things yeah but you lived in spain so you lived in spain for two years yeah so i got to live the life 
do you feel like that has changed you significantly of one as a dancer and two as a human oh absolutely yeah it changed my life I went through the biggest identity crisis the first six months there yeah I I mean it tied in with everything like I don't even remember like for real for real I don't remember the first two months do you because it was just trauma dude trauma that's like it's like an totally information out. overload as well and the cultural shock like, yeah but I feel like when you're at the time it feels like your whole world is imploding but when you come out the other side you're like I'm so much better for that yeah whole and the second year was just the best year of my life right there you go yeah it's even yeah. with London, there's cultural like differences. Yeah, London's cool like that as yeah. well. Yeah, London, when I first moved there, even that was a little bit of a culture shock because you're like, mm, there's totally. so many different things. And there's yeah. a lot of, like when I was there, I moved there and within two months, the London bombs happened. Wow. So I was there over that at that time and there was a lot of violence, a lot of people getting shot, a lot of people getting killed, but everyone was still partying. Everyone was still going out. It was the weirdest thing. And I went and saw a uh, DJ called Milo and it was like five days after the London bombs and it took it like two hours to get to this place that wasn't that far because you couldn't get – we all had to get black cabs because the public transport obviously was on high alert as well. But you weren't stressed going out? Or? Yeah, I was. Mm. But I was like – but it was also that I need to do this. It was like this, I need to go out and feel normal again. And we went and it was inside that club – was the most loving night of my life because everyone was just so grateful to be there. Yeah. And that, like, you go through these awful traumas in some ways, and I know what I was talking about was pretty shallow, but you go through these awful traumas Mm. to try and to get to the other side to be with these people. Yeah. And the the music saved it, like, you know, for all of us. Yeah. Dance does that for people too, Mm. I think. Dance saves me all the time. Man, me all the time too when Mm. I'm just, like, in in my house. Yeah. Being an idiot, dancing around. It's such an interesting place to be in this void of in-between, right? Like where do we go from here in that with the scene? And do you – like what's, what's a post-COVID world look like for dancers? It can really go both ways, eh? A lot of me feels like especially our, our like Sydney dancers are wanting like an uprising or like a change yeah. of things. And you can feel it. It's, yeah. palp- it's palpable like this. They want to like, they want to change it. And there's great humans that mm. are doing great things in the community. But like, I want to see, I want to see more. I feel like I want to see more. There's something I want to see and I'm not sure. You know how like when you live in Australia, you don't really travel around Australia or mm-hmm. to New Zealand because you're like, I'll do it one day. I feel like the virus has done that for me and a lot of people of actually now I have this itching desire to do the thing I kept saying I was going to do. Yep. I've got this, I was saying to a friend only the other day that I've got, I remember distinctly saying I would love to do the whole of Australia, but I always find that I get distracted by overseas. Mm. And now when the hell am I, like I'm not going to be distracted anymore. Like I've got no more excuses. Yeah. You know, and now I'm excited. Yeah. So now I'm super keen for the next, like, when the house jams are at. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about? You've covered a full Doved. range of shit. Like, divin in. Divin. Divin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we've divin right yeah. in there, like right into the depths. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't even know what else there is left to explore, I feel like, unless we start talking about some kind of spirituality. But mm. that's a whole nother podcast. Well, dance is a religion and a spiritual thing anyway. So that's like, I feel like it's its own thing in itself. Yeah. Like it's. A, have you ever done Vipassana meditation? I have. So have I. It's pretty fucking dope. It's mine blowing life changing stuff what did when did you when did because you know for me I sat in there right I sat in it and for the first three days it was three days I was losing my shit and I was I was I, I was battling with myself to shut up like mm-hmm. I couldn't and then all of a sudden all this because like, I'm so visual and I like I studied film and I I, I love you know done comms Everything, it felt like all this purge of visual shit poured out uh-huh. of me. Yeah. So it was like this pour out of, of everything. And it was like sexual, violent, anything you can imagine was just right yeah. to the surface. I'm like, why am I thinking about this? Yeah, yeah. And then the next, like on the fourth day, I was like, calm. Like, So when was it for you? Did you have like an opposite for effect? For me, I had two really big anxiety attacks. The first one was the very first meditation like when we first sat in oh, there and yeah. I was like, oh, what do I have ahead of me? What am I doing? Yeah. Why do I get myself into this? I was in the middle of Scotland. It was more You did a, in, in Scotland? Yeah, when I was Ooh. 19 as well. Holy so shit. I left school and did a year of full-time dance and then I went on this journey because I was like, I want to get the fuck out of Sydney. I was just like, I'm going to leave. And so I did this whole like one with the universe, <laughs> vegan, seven yeah. months of backpacking and... I ran out of, you know, you have like the 90 days of Schengen and I ran out of them. So I was in Scotland and I was like, well, I really need to fill in the time and I'm broke. So free food, Vipassana. And it was like something I'd always wanted to do. So what was your crux of your moment where you you Mm. went into like, because you said you had two anxiety attacks, right? So the first one was the first sitting down and the second one was the first sitting down without movement. Oh, the one where you have to sit yeah, really still. Yeah, it's on like day still. four Yeah, day something. four. Yeah, the first one where I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to be still now. Yeah. That made me fucking panic. But I didn't cry once. You didn't? Yeah. And the other women, what was amazing about that was like the female energy that you feel because we're separated men and women. Yeah. And you don't really get that very often. Mm-mm. And you really see how like weird and psycho women can be <laughs> in another your way own, like the way people. they eat their food and like set up they get into these habits and they're kind of like walking around the garden in the lunch times and and the, the people freak out because they can't do exercise you know like yeah. that was the, like I, i'm i like movement mm. but you saw some women lose their mind mm. because they couldn't move and it was like exercise is also an addiction so that's the yeah. whole point of going there of being like yeah at, no, well, at ground I zero snuck, I kind of cheated a few things it was really weird I gave all my stuff in and then I realized I had this little notepad left in my bag but I didn't have a pen and then at the first lunchtime, I was sitting on a tree stump and there was a pen sitting next to me so I was, was like divine intervention well I'm gonna have to take this and I ended up writing <laughs> every day under the that's covers that's kind of dope though because I that's the only thing I'm, I wished I could have journaled yeah some of the Things that came into my mind yeah. that I wrote about were just so crazy. Do you ever read back over it? Yeah, absolutely. Because I journaled, I think, for three days. I went and stayed with a friend afterwards and that was like reading back over that. I'm like, I sound like a like tripped out yeah. space cadet. Oh, I went crazy You go for deep. Sure. You go 
deep. Super deep. And also because I was traveling, I was really physically exhausted and I'd been getting these um, sleep paralysis things on the transport and stuff. But as soon as I was there, first three days, I was falling asleep with my eyes open, sitting in the meditation and like (laughs) getting stuck in my body and not being able to move. Like my body was so confused with the sudden stillness Wow. That it thought I was sleeping all the time. And it like and then I got that I couldn't sleep at night. Did you come but did you come out of that after the ten or eleven days and then be like, Oh, um, I feel better? Like did your sleep oh, paralysis stop? Yeah. Eventually. Listening to music for the next couple of weeks was like whole Audio sensory yeah. kind of craziness. Yeah. yeah. Did you find that with music after the retreat? Yeah. Like I you found can that- hear every part of it. Like I can talk underwater right like I got I got some I got some like pipes on me to talk a lot but I didn't want to talk yeah because I could hear the echoes of things so much within <gasps> my own mind yeah. that I didn't need to sound would hurt yeah skin. I was like I'm freaking out and then music I have to be very low and I'm usually mm. like blare it up I've got tinnitus because of it you're like I'm, I have ringing in my ears anyway <clears throat> And then the conversation diverged into something a little too passionate about UFOs and lizards. So I'll leave the rest to your imagination. Thanks for making it so far. And this is the end. Thanks for coming, Laura. (laughs) Thanks for having me. That was so much fun. I I really appreciate you listening to my rants and my... I loved listening. Um, Read Wealth of Knowledge. Where can people catch you? Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on the gram like most people. Laura J. White. But you can also get on, jump on Freedom Sessions and also take a look at that because I'm heavily involved. I do all the Instagram for that. So, yeah, check that out because that's always a lot of fun and a lot of uh, the more support that we have, mm. the better we can make this community. Yeah. Without sounding like a lameoid, it's like that old thing of a high tide rises all boats. Word. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Together we can, we're like, yeah, things can change here. Mm. Great. Well, I was going to say, do you have any final words? But that's like, pretty nice final word oh thanks yeah i think that might be it cool bye bye